people you're here with me again thank you for joining me this is your host Manoj and the show is called Manoj Speaks in these episodes you get to hear from people around the world about their life their work their ventures and their outlook to life as you know carbon emissions are a huge problem in the world today it has a direct impact on the quality of air we breathe, the life we lead, and the ongoing damage it does to the environment. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Daniel Walsh of Reforest, an entrepreneur from Australia who's on a mission to connect businesses and people together to have a positive impact on their carbon footprint, all via a cool mobile app. It's fun, it's interesting, it's innovative, and more importantly, it's very important. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the ever-smiling and the ever-positive Daniel Walsh. Thanks, Manoj. It's great to be with you. Great to be with you, too. How are you? How's the last year and a half been treating you? It's been a roller coaster, hasn't it? Um, it's been a roller coaster in lots of senses, I guess, personally, professionally, the whole shebang. But... Um, no, look, I think, uh, I, think, I think we're getting through. <laughs> we're surviving. Yes, it's been a very interesting year and a half for the entire world. The COVID-19 lockdown has surely impacted people's life in some way or the other, some negative, some positive. And it has impacted Earth as well. In fact, it has affected Earth positively with a lot of the forests making a comeback, water becoming more cleaner, and people are wondering, is this how the Earth is making its comeback? But before we speak about the Earth, let's speak about you. Who are you, Daniel? Yeah, look, I'm really lucky to live in the northern rivers of New South Wales, um, which is a beautiful part of the country. And uh, it's Bundjalung country, so I'll pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging there. But uh, my background was healthcare, really. I was in healthcare for the last 10 to 15 years, I suppose. Um, and then in 2018, I felt like I'd kind of done my dash and wanted to wrap up that chapter of my life. I took a bit of time off and uh, just a couple of months to really sort of step back, I suppose, decompress and think about what I wanted to do next, really, the next decade of my life, what I wanted that to be about. And uh, a couple of things, I suppose, put me onto this path. Like most of us, I was pretty conscious that every purchase I make has a footprint on the planet, and I knew I was part of the problem, which I found pretty frustrating because uh, I've got a five-year-old. I had a five-year-old son at the time, and just old enough to start picking up from documentaries and the like that something was going on. And uh, you know, you need to be able to look in the the eyes of your child, if you're a parent, and give them some sincere assurance that things are all going to be okay. But uh, I was frustrated and I guess I felt a bit disempowered that my daily life was having a consequence on the future of the planet that he was going to inherit. So, uh, and for all of us, really, the only thing, that, the only option we have for those emissions that we can't avoid is uh, a carbon offset. You know, we've kind of all booked a flight, seen that option there to offset your flight. And I always did that, but it just never felt meaningful. And I asked everyone around me, you know, do you click the offset button? And some people would say, oh, sometimes, but, you know, I don't really trust it. I don't know what it's doing. 
So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of research. Um, I had the time. I, like, like I said, I was taking a couple of months off, and I thought, let's dig into this because for me personally, it was it was important. So I started going to some climate conferences, and I uh, would speak to people there, and even some of the people there that travelled by plane to that climate conference didn't click the offset button. And I was like, okay, there's something clearly wrong here as as this is a consumer product if even the people at the front line aren't necessarily hitting the button. Um, I spoke to hundreds of, I'd started doing kind of market research around this. I spoke to hundreds of different consumers, particularly airline passengers. That's been, that being where people have, I suppose, the most connection with that only option we really have, which is those offsets. And I wasn't alone. I realised pretty quickly if everyone or 75% of us are concerned about climate change and only one or 2% click that button. So that kind of became, I suppose, the focal point. I thought I'd, I want something more meaningful. Um, and uh, I started, I suppose, just exploring what that would need to look like by talking to people, talking to experts, reading all the papers. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of led to what Reforest is today. So you switched from healthcare to earthcare. Yes. Well, and the way I rationalise that, Manoj, is to say, because it's pretty tough, right, to throw away a career. You feel like you've, you know, yeah. you've got relationships, you've got some credibility. You, it was actually pretty tough to throw it away. Um, the way I could rationalise it to myself, apart from all the reasons I just gave, was when I, I suppose, I, I, you know, diving into the detail, I realised that the biggest healthcare risk we have, the biggest risk to health on the planet today is climate change. It's not malaria or cancer or heart disease it's it's climate change it's it's a massive massive thing um in a health sense as well so yeah it, i'm still in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you when did you exactly fall in love with the earth so much um look i've always enjoyed hiking and getting out into the bush uh and being in nature i love doing adventures out in nature you know whether it's camping or um, yeah, going for a bushwalk, climbing a mountain, fishing, those sorts of things. But I suppose, uh, so that connection's always been there. But turning that from a sideline hobby you do on weekends to a full-time career is, you know, it required a few more pushes, I suppose, a few more strings to pull me along. Anyone who switches career for a higher cause, I mean, it's incredible because most of the people, you know, they want to look after their own security, their own comfort. And most of the time, they take Earth for granted. You know, it's not really that important for a lot of people to 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 protect Earth, uh, conserve its resources, look after animals, look after the ocean. We we assume it's it's always there. I'll wake up tomorrow and it's there. Somebody else can fix the problem. So someone like you who comes along and say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my career i'm going to get out of my comfort zone and i'm going to launch something that will get people to do something differently that's an amazing effort that's that's somebody who's very confident and courageous am i right uh i got to be honest i probably wouldn't describe myself in either of those ways i just uh, uh... I think what I found really interesting, I love a challenge, I suppose. I love a challenge. And what I found really interesting about this, this, this issue, but also this stage we're at in human society um, that's created this issue is it kind of forces us, 
it's forcing us to um, to recognize that the way we think, the way our brains work, is still kind of the way they did back on the savannah when we lived in little tribes of 150 people and the threat that we had to deal with was a lion approaching the village. You know, it's real, it's tangible, it's right there, it's immediate. That's how our brains kind of work. And I suppose the thing about this issue that I thought was really interesting is and, and it, there's parallels in almost all the big global issues that we face today, is it requires us to kind of be, to, to be global citizens, to be more than that, to be able to think beyond the immediate of what we can see and uh, perceive and, and have that bigger picture perspective. And there's this, this awesome opportunity for humanity and for our society. If we can do that, like everything else becomes better. Equality is solved. Um, poverty is solved. You know, if we're racing off into space and trying to live forever, they're great. They're great goals. But I'd worry if we did those things, approaching the same way we've approached things for the last hundreds and thousands of years. I think you know it's a much brighter future if we can approach them with a bigger perspective and realizing that we're all the same. We're all interconnected. Um, so there's a. It, it's kind of a. It's a bigger thing than just solving climate change. I think. That we're at as a point in history, it's a it's a pretty cool reinvention of who we are. And I suppose a good part of the problem is human consumerism, and it's so hard to give that up. I mean, to lead a simple life, it's not that easy. I've tried it; I felt great, but it's not. It's it, unless you've been brought up in that kind of environment, it's really difficult. And do you feel? Do you, do you feel through your initiative, and we'll talk a little bit about your initiative, not a little bit, we'll talk a lot about your initiative, do, do you feel a habit building good discipline in the way we consume things, the way we throw things is an issue? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think we're switching on to that really quickly. I mean, I think, I know I'm in my bubble a little bit, but I think the trend towards sustainable materials in the products we buy and recyclability and the circular nature of the materials in those products I think that's that all feels to me like it's hitting really hard at the moment and people don't want throwaway stuff anymore um but you know there's kind of this at, at one extreme there's this idea that we need to give up everything if we're going to save the planet and I kind of really don't agree with that because I think I think it's all about the types of products we're using, how they're made, and ultimately what the impact of those products and services is. If every product was restorative, if every product took more CO2 out of the atmosphere than it released, um, contributed to protecting biodiversity, then buying products would be good, right? So if it wasn't extractive, if it was restorative, getting the new gadget or whatever it is would be a positive thing. So I feel like that's good. No, yeah. no one wants to give up a quality of life. No one wants to give up the standard of living and the healthcare um, level that we have. Some things we definitely need to give up, like single-use plastic um, and driving petrol cars, absolutely. But we don't need to go to the extreme of giving everything up and going and living in the woods again because we just need to change the nature of the products we, we do buy. Talking about living in the woods... I want to talk about reforest. And the reason why I, I found reforest, I mean, there were a couple of reasons I found your initiative interesting. First was the name. It really stood out simple, easy to remember, and it made sense. Reforest. And I grew up in a village, and there were a lot of trees, and we were taught 
to respect the trees. And I was telling my last guest, the sailor, um, he was sharing about how he feels about being in the ocean, how he's in harmony there. He feels a, a lot at peace. And one of the things I mentioned there was when we were kids, we were taught that everything around you has a personality. They're not dull uh, items around you. That there is life in there that needs to be respected and you just don't go around cutting down stuff, right? And so when I came across your company through a mutual friend, I thought, wow, could you take us as detailed as you want um, about your initiative? I guess the starting point is understanding and just that awareness that every purchase you make does have a does have a footprint and becoming conscious of that. And most of us are there today. You know, 70% of Australians are concerned about climate change and 65% would spend on average $200 a year to do something about it. So we're kind of aware of it. We know it's there and happening. Um, but we just don't have a way to have an impact that feels really meaningful. I suppose that's that's the key word in this. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to do something that felt meaningful. I wanted to do something I could show my now eight-year-old son can pass their eight-year-old test and he gets it he can see what we're doing and that we're part of the solution not part of the problem or at least part of the solution more than the problem um so as i said before i just i went really really deep in the research around this there's some good literature about the behavioral science around what makes people engage or rather not engage with climate action and it's largely what i talked about before it's distant it's remote it's hard to see and very intangible and we feel like it's kind of everyone over there more than ourselves we're only a drop in the bucket anything we do would just be a drop in the bucket these are all the kind of hurdles that to engage everyone we've got to get over and that's kind of that's the challenge here because this problem is about eight billion of you and i it's there's no big baddie over there it's eight billion of us eight billion drops in the bucket so we kind of have to have everyone engaged in order to really turn it around. Uh, so yeah, looking into how to make it meaningful was was the heart of this. And that's what Reforest is designed to do. It's designed to make it feel meaningful. And there's a few kind of key elements of that. The first is tangibility. So when you take action, when you click that offset button, nothing happens. You don't see any real world response. And that, that's probably one of the biggest failings is it in it is you don't know where that money's gone or what it's done. There's, there's nothing that you can see. So the simplest first thing we did was turn that into trees being planted in the ground. Everyone understands a tree. Uh, everyone, you can see a tree. You can watch it grow. We get it. You can go and visit it. You can actually, with our, with our projects, you can come and be part of planting them, putting them in the ground yourself. So that's about as tangible as you can get. And that's a starting point. We've got other types of projects we want to bring in in the future but trees just make it simple the next part of it is like you take your personal action so you, you know it, fundamentally it's got a carbon calculator in it as well so you can put in any type of purchase that you might make and see the footprint of that then you can plant trees that you can see you can watch them grow like i said you can come and actually be part of planting them uh, that will remove the co2 from those purchases and we show you how much co2 every tree you plant is removing but one of the main ways that Reforest is different to some of the many other types of platforms out there to offset your footprint or plant a tree is 
we recognise or I suppose we take a position that those emissions from your purchases aren't just your responsibility. And they're also not just the company that's selling you the product or service and created those emissions. You're in it together. It's kind of been the problem with climate action for the whole time we've been doing this is everyone's pointing fingers at each other going, no, 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 this is your problem and you've got to do it. We're trying to flip that around, I suppose, and make it collaborative, bring customer and their retailer together to work together and either can lead the other one in this engagement. So you can put that purchase that you made, whether it's fuel or groceries or a coffee down the road into the app, we tell you how much CO2 that generated. You can plant trees to remove those emissions and then we make that visible to the business you bought from and we're basically saying to them, hey, look, your customer has taken action on your shared footprint this is both of your responsibility. They've taken the first step and they'd love you to come along and match them. And when they do, when that business sees your action and agrees to plant trees as well, together you're removing twice the CO2 emissions that you that your transaction created. So now you, you're not just offsetting. We're not just trying to keep things where they are. We're actually reversing climate change. We're removing more CO2 than we emitted. And we're doing that in really high-impact local projects that are restoring ecosystems as well. So it's got that other benefit of protecting biodiversity and restoring land to the way it was before it was cleared. Uh, so removing more CO2 than we emitted is, is a key part of it and bringing business and customer together in a really positive collaborative way is a key part of it. That makes it feel meaningful to you. You've taken action, it's been noticed and it's driving some change with the business you bought from. That's kind of what I just wanted personally. I wanted a way to do something that did my bit, but that still feels like a tiny drop in the bucket, right? Like your own little bit feels like it's this tiny little bit and what good's it really gonna do? But if that has, if we can show you the ripples of influence that your little bit has and that it made your business you buy from aware that you've done something and it might make them or be at least part of getting them to start thinking about it and taking action as well. And then when they come on board, they can offer reforest simply as with a QR to all of their customers. So now that business is leading all their customers to start thinking about this and engaging. And we use like a network effect of your little ripple of influence just goes out and creates more and more impact. And that way, you know, it's not just an invisible little action you've taken to do your bit. It's creating real change. That's the idea. So you've got two partners here. You've got two people. You've got the retailers and you've got the customer, right? They're brought together through a reforest app. So, so you could have a customer who has a reforest app. They walk into a retail store. And if that retailer is not a part of your network, then they may not get any incentive, right? So you need, you need as many retailers to have signed up with Reforest. That's the goal, absolutely. But as a starting point, a consumer, you or I, can use the app to lead that change. So we can go into that store, whether it's a coffee or a grocery store or whatever yeah. it is, we can go into that store, we can make that yeah. purchase, put it into the app and say, this is who my retailer is. That's part of what you put in. It's really quick and easy. You can just pick them off Google a Google map as well. Um, but then we follow up. Like you've, you've taken that action, you've done your bit, we follow up and contact that business, combining your action with everyone else's who's been there. And we say, look at what your customers are doing, guys. Here's a way to get on board, join them. So you can kind of lead 
action that gets that business to sign up. And once they do, then every time you shop or buy from them, together you're removing twice the amount of CO2 you emit. During the point of sale, does the retailer ever tell the customer that they're part of the reforest program? No, generally it's a visual thing. So it's a we've got a QR code. We'll give them a unique QR code. That can go that can go anywhere. That can go on a receipt after the transaction. It can go on the confirmation page after an online purchase. It can go in the lobby of a hotel when you're walking in and out. A beautiful picture of the local reforestation project they're supporting. A QR code that you can scan and tells you how much your footprint from staying with them is. It can go anywhere essentially. And what about online retailers? Online, exactly the same. I mean, QRs work on the screen as well. So you could be buying some shoes from the States, um, from shoes.com or whatever. And once you've completed the purchase, up pops the QR and you just scan that QR and now you're engaging with that retailer and taking this action together. So the good thing about it, I suppose, is unlike the offset button, which has to sit before you make your purchase, and companies now don't like anything that's, you know, kind of getting in the way of you making your purchase online. This can come afterwards and they can give it a bit more time and space because you've already made the purchase. Now you can show that you're committed to climate action as well. You've put a lot of thought and effort into this all by yourself. I'd say, man, Arish, there was a lot, there was a lot, a lot went into it, I think, really like I. I probably, I mean, I started the process and then it was interviewing hundreds of people to find out what's important to them. So they're all part of it. And then there's some real experts in the field that understand carbon sequestration and ecology and the types of projects, uh, how to measure carbon footprints, all the experts across all those fields had input as well. So um, yeah, I suppose it's just been bringing all of that together in a way that, that is, has to be simple. That's, that's part of it. To be mainstream, it's got to be simple and fun. You get a little virtual forest in the app. That's like a one-for-one one representation of every real tree you've planted. So you've got like a little bit of a fun thing to watch grow. And it has to be simple and fun. Otherwise, we don't do it. Nice. Have you thought of having your logo stuck on retail store doors, those glass doors, or perhaps on the vendor register? I mean, that would get you a lot of visibility as people approach these retail stores or at the point of sale, right? Yeah, not yet, not yet, but stand by. It's a great idea, man. That's going in the book. No, that's definitely coming. Um, I mean, at the moment, you know, this, this is, I'll give you an example of what's made this probably more meaningful so far and rewarding than any other bit of success we've had so far is when people who are using the app just spontaneously without any prompt from us go on to their social media and post a story showing the virtual forest that they're growing, the projects they're supporting, and then often also, you know, a video of their kids or something as the reason why they're doing it. Like that that stuff is just amazing to see. It puts a tear in my eye every time and I'm just like, that. that's why we do this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's what brings it together, I suppose. How has success been so far? Well, we've only we only launched this properly in the last month or two, so we're still very early days. Um, we've got new users coming on every day. We're up to about 100,000 kilograms of CO2 reforested so far, and that's from purchases people have made with about 110 different companies so far. So we're at the moment we're following up with all those businesses, letting them know 
this is what their customers have done and inviting them to come on board. But we're also bringing on the first few businesses, uh, the first wave of businesses, if you like, that will start offering this to their customers at the moment. So you probably stand by, give me a couple of weeks and we'll be making some announcements about it. But it ranges from honestly the smallest, uh, the smallest one man band businesses. Oh, I mean, literally down to, you know, the local coffee shop up to decent size SMEs, you know, that, that kind of have quite a established presence. So it's a big diverse range. You could do presentations in schools and universities too. Well, we've only really just started marketing and PR sort of activity this week, to be honest. So it's been a bit of a soft launch. Oh, wow, really? So that makes you being on this podcast a really big deal then. Here you go, man. Yeah, this is one of the, this is one of the first outings. Now we've had a, there you go. So we've had a couple of little things here and there, but um, yeah, really it's been, I suppose more than anything, it's, it seems to have been word of mouth really. And the limited bit of social media stuff that we're doing has caught people's attention a little bit. We did a tree planting day with uh, 2040, the documentary 2040. We did a tree planting day with them, uh, I guess a month or so ago, which was great as a bit of public awareness of what we're doing and what the app's about. So yeah, it's been just a couple of little things like that so far, but really kicking off at the moment. You run some interesting projects as well, right? Through Restore? Yeah, we've got some beautiful content, sort of display material ready to go. I mean, the projects that we've got already in the app are amazing. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. One is just north of Melbourne. It's creating a conservation sanctuary for a critically threatened species of rock wallaby. There's only 60 of them alive on the planet today, so they're on the brink of extinction. What animal is it again? It's it's called the Southern Brushtail Rock Wallaby. Right. Yeah, so uh, there's a breeding program down towards Geelong, and this site that's, that is our launch project will be... Uh, it'll, it's already got a big predator-proof fence. We've planted all the trees in there. And soon a population of those will come into there to bring them back from like 60 to, uh, I think, well, I believe 100 to 200 as a population. So off the edge of extinction uh, and giving them some security moving forward. So pretty awesome project. It's restoring the land to what it was before it was cleared and bringing back a species from the edge of extinction. That's the kind of stuff that we're trying to get involved with. Thanks, Daniel. I think I understand your product, your initiative and your mindset a lot better now. And uh, yeah, it's been great. I think I've shared quite a bit of marketing ideas for you. You better implement them. Yes, all of that is is right up there, Manoj. Great points. It's a band. It's a bandwidth thing at the moment, really. This is the thing. Everyone wants to get involved with this stuff these days. It's fantastic. There's such a groundswell of support for, rest, for this restoration work and for reversing climate change. Uh, I suppose from our point of view, we just want to get as many businesses on board as possible, um, you know, and schools and councils, and just give them a really simple way of getting the benefit of engaging a consumer audience really positively, but also showing their leadership. And, and ultimately, this helps them get to net zero faster as well. The more I listen to you, you remind me of uh, Scott Pape of the Barefoot Investor, but you're for the environment. Uh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> Did you face difficulties in getting this idea into life? Did you feel, oh, this is not going to work. I need to get back into healthcare. Yeah, about three o'clock in the morning every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, these, these journeys are always pretty up and down. 
the notion. Um, probably the biggest hit this process took was, I mean, we started off in 2019 focused on air travel because that's where people see that offset button. So it seemed to make sense to try and prove that this approach would be much more engaging to people in that same setting. And we'd won an international aviation challenge to try and get people to, um, to try and increase uptake with this sort of stuff. We had an airline committed to put us in as their solution instead of offset in their booking system. And then just as we were about to go live, early 2020, COVID struck. Oh, no. And uh, that's pretty much lost us a year, really, in terms of that, at least that angle. But it's also been a blessing because we've now made it a much broader whole of footprint, whole of economy focus rather than just air travel, which we had to do at some point. So it just brought that forward. And it gave us an excuse to reinvent the app from a very rough and ready beta we had it ready at that point. Now it's really beautiful app. It's very simple, easy, and you know beautiful to use. So it's a it's been good. Talking about money, how are you keeping your initiative alive? Is it sweat equity, your personal funds, friends helping out? Yes. Yep, it's all my own funds to date. Right. So you set up as a business enterprise or a social enterprise? It's a social enterprise. Yeah social enterprise. So impact is number one. Removing carbon emissions and restoring biodiversity is, is number one. And the way we're structured is that if we're successful in doing that, then we can earn, the business can earn a small profit in the future once those outcomes have been generated. So yeah, totally profit for outcome, profit for purpose model. And in terms of that funding to move forward, that's sort of a decision we're trying to make at the moment, really. In the next few weeks, once we get a bit more real data from having launched and being out there, we'll start looking at whether we go to impact investors or whether we do a crowdfunding program uh, and see what the best option is, really. But I like the idea of equity crowdfunding because this is all about democratising climate solutions and getting everyone involved. So. I think democratizing the funding of it makes sense as well. Am I right? You have some kind of corporate tie-ups where you take employees out into the bush and plant trees with them. Is that is that one of the offerings you get via the app? No, that's part of making... So the app's, one of the app's key goals is to make your action super tangible by putting by, you know, trees in the ground that you can see, you can watch grow. Through the app, you can tour the site. But the next step of that... For every project that we have, we aim to hold a planting day where we invite people who have planted trees through the app to come along and actually physically put them in the ground. That's as bad as tangible as you can get, right? So um, that's what we did, yeah, about a month ago together with 2040. We held that planting day, invited people to come along. It was fantastic. Everyone loved it. And definitely something we want to repeat with all of our future projects. Got it. And which part of Australia do you go around planting these trees? Yeah, all over the place. So the launch project that we planted a month ago is just north of Melbourne in Victoria. We The next project we have in the app is in North Queensland, just up on the Atherton Tableland above Cairns. So that's doing rainforest species and native conifers. And at the moment, I'm probably talking to about 10 different prospective future projects that are really all over the country. So uh, yeah, there's, there's lots coming. And the aim is 
we have sort of a theme, I suppose, of local emissions, local restoration. One of the problems with carbon offsets has been that if you dig below the surface, you realise you might have taken a flight in Australia, but the offsets you're buying are from a wind farm in Western China, for instance. And that's not in itself a bad thing, but it, it's not what you're kind of told that it is and what you're believing that it is. And most people really want to restore their local environments through action that they take, some way that you can see and feel like you're connected to. So we want to have lots of projects all around the country that you can actually go and see and visit. You know they're there. You know it's legitimate, totally transparent. Um, that's sort of where we're heading, I suppose. What about global ambitions, Dan? Your app could potentially be used in every country of the world. No, definitely I'm talking with people in other countries at the moment. Um, it's little early days. We've only just launched here, but uh, it's the app is designed and pretty ready to go to exist in other countries as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, the only, I suppose the only hurdle to that is that we make sure that the projects, rather than just planting trees in a field and walking away, the projects we do, we work with partners that run projects and we make sure that they're registered with a regulatory body in Australia, which is the Clean Energy Regulator, who certifies that project as actually reducing emissions, actually storing emissions, um, and issues that project carbon credits as a result. And that level of, that's sort of the highest standard you can get. It makes sure that your trees you planted have legal protection for 100 years. They can't ever be cleared. They're getting checked to make sure they're still there, still sequestering the carbon that you've paid for them to remove. Um, so making sure that we're using the similar equivalent kind of uh, oversight and certifications in other countries is the only little sort of slow point there, which isn't a big hurdle, but that's that's part of getting the app into other countries. How would you like your fellow Australians to help you other than using the app? Well, that's the first one. Download the app. That's it. Download the app. Take that first step of, of just getting involved in, uh, and you know, reforesting some of your emissions. Learn about what your emissions are. It's really interesting sometimes just when you put the numbers into the app and you, you see oh, how much carbon comes from, for instance, some beef or meat in your grocery shop. What that does to the footprint is is crazy, um, but yeah, that that's probably the main thing I suppose. And give us some feedback. It is early days. I love to hear people's feedback about what they think works and doesn't work, and what they like. You mean on the app store? Yeah, or on the app, um, or straight to us. Reforest.com.au is the website, and there's um, contact us stuff there. Yeah, I mean that's that's that'd be the most helpful thing for sure. But um, but also particularly anyone that's connected to a part of a business that wants to see their business or if they're the owner, want their business to stand out as a leader and be involved in this stuff and be working with their customers to have a real impact. I would love to hear from them as well because we're pretty ready to go to start setting them up to do that. A question I ask everyone on the show as we come to the end. Daniel, what has life taught you and what message do you have for people out there about life i'm i'm expecting philosophy here there's probably probably is a little bit of that um let me start with with an analogy there's this phenomenon that astronauts are going to space 
almost universally have. An astronaut goes into space, they have this phenomenon, experience this phenomenon called the overview effect. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but what it is is when they're out there in space looking back at Earth, they see almost as if for the first time the fragility of Earth is sitting there alone in the blackness and they kind of get this perspective. They realise that we're all the same. We're all in it together. There's no us and them. It's just us. And us includes the life on the planet as well as humanity. And they come back with this perspective that they never really lose. And it's just, it's a way of seeing, it, it is, they're global citizens. They see the planet, not, not just individuals. And they see the abundance of working together rather than this is mine, that's yours. And I think, I think we're in a stage in sort of human history where we all need a bit of that. We all need to be global citizens. We need to see that we are all the same. We're all interconnected. Um, I personally try and just spend 10 minutes every day imagining I'm out there in space looking back at the planet and it just gives me an awesome perspective. It lets me, it, it gets me through a day where I can kind of, I suppose, take that into the work that I do and I, that's, that's probably one of the things I'd, I'd most share is just that idea. One of the things that's missing in our lives uh, on this planet, whether you live in the woods or you live in the city, is people have forgotten really how to build relationships with anything or anyone. So we spend a lot of time learning the maths and the physics and the chemistry, but the most important thing that you need is how do you have a life of harmony with your surroundings and until you get that right you will never be happy you'll never be satisfied you will never have peace of mind and that's i agree and that's why i like your initiative because the environment the trees is an integral part of who we are it's an integral part of how we live and it's an integral part of where we take the society forward but before i just end it like that i want to ask you another question and I know the people can't see this, but you've got half a beard and <laughs> half a moustache. Like you've got one side shaved. Why? I do. And it is shaved. It's not a rare facial condition. And the reason for that is uh, we're currently just partnering up with another awesome initiative called Half Cut. H-A-L-F-C-U-T, half cut. And what they're all about, so Reforest is all about restoring the damage we've done, removing carbon emissions, which is super important. What they're all about is protecting what we have left, which is even more important. We've got to start with not doing any more damage and then the next thing we do is protect, is, is restore. And so half cut is an initiative to protect the Daintree rainforest of which we've lost half so far. Um, and this is their month campaign where they're raising money to buy some blocks of forest in the Daintree and they hand those blocks back to the traditional owners um, and effectively protect it in perpetuity from ever being cleared or developed. So uh, I, my face is half beard because I'm part of Half Cut for this month, helping them out. Well done, Daniel. I thank you so much for everything that you're doing for for us we should be quite obligated to your to your initiative you're looking after us and you're looking after future generations and you started this session by saying that you know you got to look at the eyes of a kid and you know as you know i read somewhere this earth doesn't belong to us we've just borrowed it from our kids from from our children so 
you're right, we've got to leave behind a planet that, that looks beautiful, that is healthy, and that's able to give people hope. And I think you're doing a wonderful initiative. And I encourage all my millions of listeners, not yet, Daniel, but we'll be there, um, all my listeners and whoever comes across this podcast, please see how you can support Daniel with this initiative. If you've got a small business, medium business, large-scale business, a corporate house, uh, please get in touch with them, brainstorm and see what you can come up with um, because there's no loss. You're helping each other out and I'll do the best I can, Daniel, for you. I'll put uh, a link to your website and I'll put some notes in there for people to read about. I'll put it on Twitter as well and I will download the app and start using Reforest and I'll look for those stickers on retail glass stores going forward. Yeah, and please, please keep us posted on how you're going. And uh, I know you have a Twitter channel that's quite new as well. So please continue to post all your updates so we can see how we can all help you. And I thank you so much for taking this time to talk to me. Thanks so much, Manoj. It's been a lovely conversation. Really enjoyed it and uh, wish you all the best as well.